0: Welcome to the Dream Mentorship Podcast, where we interview everyday women making a difference in their lives and communities. From doctors to stay-at-home mamas, CEOs who work hard with no drama, this is where you come to dream and be inspired. Because at Dream Mentorship, we believe that every dream is valid. Here's our host and founder, Mac Jane Creighton. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Dream Mentorship podcast. Of course you know I'm your girl Mac Jane Curtin. And today to kick off this season of of Dream Mentorship podcast is a fantastic guest her name is Mary Christine Williams and she is actually originally from Rwanda and her story is going to blow your mind. So I want you to strap their seat belts on because you are on for a, a wonderful ride with her story. And uh, Mary Christine actually was a part of the Rwanda genocide. She was 14 years old when the genocide began. Um, during the genocide, her grandmother and five-year-old brother was murdered in that um, genocide, which lasted 100 days. Uh, Mary Christine Williams suffered broken legs, broken bones, gunshot wounds, and a machete gash on her forehead. She has had more than 20 surgeries just to heal. And today, she is definitely a woman that I would call a survivor. And she's doing amazing work uh, currently as a speaker and on, on all the other great things that she's doing. She is a successful author and a compelling, inspirational, motivational speaker. She lives in St. Louis, Missouri, the late of our late husband's family. And you get to hear all about her story as we walk through her journey and, and let her share. up. She also has a book that I want to talk about. But before we get into all the juicy details, I want us to all welcome Mary Christine to the podcast today. Thank you, Mary Christine, for joining our podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So just to give everybody a little bit of background about you, I know I just kind of ran right into the deep story, but I want people to kind of get a feeling of who you are currently. Can you share a little bit about your professional life right now? And, uh, and then we'll, we'll work the story back to your, your survivor story through the genocide.
1: Yes. Um, I, I moved here in 2008 and with just me and my son Sean Williams so we've been living here in Sango West for the last 12 years and where actually tr- I'm trying to bird uh, and bring the community together uh, mostly I'm more focused on acceptance and diversity and also bringing people together is one of the biggest thing for me right now is to bring people together so they can live together in peace and actually accept each other in the community.
0: I like that. I like what you're doing, you know, trying to bring the community together. That That is huge. Now, I know you've written a book um, and I want to get to your book. But before I do that, there is a quote here that I love so much. You said, I believe that God sent each of those good hearted people, those angels on earth who risked their own lives to give me a few nights of shelter and share with me their own meager bits of food and clothing god saved my life why me while so many others around me were tortured dismembered and killed it is not my place to understand i only know that my life was spared and i must not waste it i mean this parts, just like, you know, it talks on my heart just because I am passionate about seeing people live life to the fullest. And here you are, you know, looking at how God spared your life and sending people who helped you to get to where you are now. Can you walk us through what that was like um, running from the genocide and getting to finding shelter or food or clothing? You had a lot of broken bones and here you are I mean it's a miracle uh, can you walk us through that life
1: yeah so when I was seven years old I moved to Rwanda uh, to be with my father and my older sister Marie Chantar. and uh, the, the seven years I lived there it was a nightmare I had a very hard childhood I had I was abused and the life was miserable for me, um, but I never expected that in 1994, April, 1994, that it would be genocide that would actually make my life a nightmare. Um, so in 1994, I was just 14 years old when the Rwandan genocide began. And I uh, definitely, I was a fighter before that. And what I did is I hid while my neighbors and my family were attacked by the Hutu tribes. So in Rwanda, they had two uh, two different tribes. So we had the Hutus and we had Tutsis. Um, So those tribes, they are no different. It's just the ones that were shorter and the Hutus... They were shorter and the Tutsi, they were taller. So basically they were killing each other because some people, they were shorter and the other one they were taller. So the uh, minority Tutsi tribe, um, majority of them during the Rwandan genocide, uh, they roasted their lives from the hands of the neighbors and the friends. Uh, so I remember running for my life and I remember hiding in a bush. I remember how desperate I was to have a place to hide and to have something to eat. I spent a hundred days in the jungle, naked, alone, and starving. Um, All I ever wanted, every day, was just a dream to find a place to survive for one more day. One more day, one more hour. I didn't have hope that I was going to make it. By grace of God, I'm still here today, but I still don't know how I made it because I witnessed genocide. I witnessed killers taking people's lives on the streets. I witnessed um, people who never done anything wrong, children, pregnant women, even older people getting massacred. Um, I remember one time when I was running around, I definitely was so panicked that I, as a teenager, I didn't know that my life was going to get any worse. Um, they came, me. They took me, they marched me with others. They locked up in a school and they told us that they were going to kill us. But every single day, they would come and pick women and children. They would take them and kill them. Um, So I remember how a stranger saved my life. And when he told me that you can do this, you're smart, you can run and you can survive. And so I can't believe that a stranger saved my life in so many ways, because if it wasn't for a stranger who gave me hope, and who empowered me to tell me, hey, you know, you're young, you're smart, you can do this, you can hide, you can run, and you're going to make it. And so I just believe that my story uh, of survival, it kind of made me who I am today. Because Mm -hmm. looking back about the things I survived when hit me with machetes and when they threw me off the bridge Mm -hmm. and how another stranger again dug me out dug me out from the dead bodies and took me and took care of me um you know i just believe that all of us here we can actually take my story and as an example of what happened in rwanda So we can actually work together to make sure that the hatred stops, you know. So the reason I also share my story about Rwanda is because even if I can change one life, even if I can help help one person, even if I can change someone's mentality to accept people, who is different than them, then is worth it for me. And that's why I became a keynote speaker. And whenever I share my story of survival, I actually, uh, it's just a reminder. It's kind of like telling people, hey, as a teenager, I grew up in this country where over 1 million of population died from the hands of the neighbors and friends and, you know, Rwanda overcame. Rwanda is now the most beautiful country in Africa that everyone wants to go visit. You can actually see the changes the country have made.
0: Wow, you are absolutely correct. It's one of the countries I want to go to, but I want to ask you have you been able to turn the hardships you've suffered into the motivation for others? Would you care to share more about that? Yeah, uh, so for me,
1: uh, I, you have to accept your past and you have to accept the things that happened to you. Because if you deny your past and you keep burying it inside your heart and you don't talk about it and you don't get help, it never gets better, easier for you. And so for me, I accepted my past. And I tried to find a way to move forward with my life. And the best way I did it, it was to stop complaining. And I used to sit there and complain about my scars. I used to complain about my legs because I was in a wheelchair for four years after the genocide. I was, you know, angry. I was very mad, I think. I got very tired of getting angry all the time about my past that I had to make a change. And one of the changes I made, it was actually to accept myself for who I am.
0: Wow. That is so powerful. I can't even imagine because I know so many people who have gone through similar situations, they, they are probably not able to overcome that. Maybe not necessarily genocide, but they've had people have had difficult times in their lives and they're thinking there's no way they can come out of this. But here you are, uh, a survivor. So what would be your word of encouragement to anyone who is going through a difficult situation? These days, there's so many people going through, you know, sicknesses, cancer, um, people lose that have lost loved ones, um, a single mom trying to figure out how to make it each day, or even a college student trying to figure out, you know, if they're going to make it. Um, just so many hard stuff out there today. There's a lot of difficulty in our world today. So if you are going to share a word of encouragement for people who are going through hard times, what would you say to them right now? Okay, for me, I always tell people when I, whenever
1: I share my story, I always tell them that, you know, um, you know, you don't have to be a survivor of a genocide to be a hero. You don't have to be a, someone like me who survived the genocide to find wisdom and to find hope and peace in your life. I just believe that all our past may, makes us a better person. You know, your past can make you a better person by making changes. And one example for me, if you're struggling and you're suffering, you can do it. You can you can do good. Look at me. If I survived Rwandan genocide, if I survived my household with abuse, uh, if I made it, if I survived the hospital for four years. It was times when I didn't think I was going to make it. It was times when I gave up. But you know what? By making one positive change in your life can help you. By finding something you love and getting involved in something that is larger than yourself, that involves other people, you know, you can actually survive your struggles. And another thing I can tell you is most people... They're actually stuck in the past. And most people, that it, uh, they think they will never be any better. But you know what? That's not the truth. The truth is you have to accept yourself for, and accept your past for, to be able to move forward. You want to be able to talk to someone and get help you need. Because you know what? Is so many people out there actually cares about you you have you know all these people around us trust me some people care but you have to be the one who actually accept all of that for you to be able to actually say hey you know what that's the past someone hurt me someone abused me but they were the problem because you know abuse people you know, growing up as an example, I thought I was worthless because my father always told me that I was better dead than alive. Okay, so uh, he abused me, he threw me out of the house during the nights and dragged me in the closet. It was times when I wish I was never born. But look at me today, looking back. It makes me feel like my father, he was the one with the problem. He was the one who had the issue, not me. So to be able to actually change um, the pain you're having in your heart, you have to either go get help or either you need to talk to someone, you have to find someone you love and trust and you believe in and actually Talk to them and open up. Opening up is one of the biggest things. If you were uh, sexual abused, is an example. And for hiding, you know, victims, we always hide things because we believe that is our fault that things happen to us. But we don't look about the person who abused us to see, okay, they are the problem. You know, so my biggest message for younger girls, younger women out there, you know what? Don't give up. You know, um, you can choose the courage in the face of terror and the faith and hope in your life. And you can actually triumph over darkness. Whatever darkness you're going through, you can actually beat that painful, painful, uh, past you went through by doing things that actually help either your community or things that makes you happy or dream big. Hmm. You know, if you dream big and you get involved in certain things, you're going to do it. You're, you're going to do it. You're going to make it. It's, I couldn't feel my feet grow, You know, after genocide. I was 14. They told me that I would never walk. They told me that I was never going to fit the side of my right head because they cut me with machines in the head. I looked horrible. I didn't think I deserved to leave. But you look, today, I'm feeding homeless people. I'm getting involved in women's groups where I, I actually help women. I speak in different places, including military bases, helping people, empowering them, to accept who they are and actually find a hope. Because, you know, hope and peace is the puzzle. You know, you can't have hope if you don't have peace. So you Mm -hmm. have to have both to be able to move forward. So that's my message today for young girls. Dream big, chase your dream. No matter what happened to you, you're going to survive. You're going to do it.
0: Wow. <laughs> right now, we could end this podcast right here. You've really, really shared deep and great stuff, great knowledge that everyone should hold on to, no matter what you're going through right now. Um, this, I mean, Christine is just, she's oozing inspiration i'm sitting down here and i'm just like wow like you know sometimes we complain about things in life like oh we we don't have i don't you know the store doesn't have the kind of milk i like and we complain about that or oh too much traffic on the road and and we'll be you know complaining about that but she gives us a different perspective think outside of ourselves i can't even imagine through the sufferings and things that she went through, she turned that around to be able to be an inspiration to other people, turned that around to help people in her community and, you know, helping women. She's passionate about helping women, and, and that is amazing, and I want to ask, because I want to dive into your book, The Dark Side of Human Nature, One Teen's Journey Through the Rwanda Massacres. Um, obviously, this book uh, you wrote is your personal life's journey through the Rwandan uh, massacres and uh, the Rwandan genocide. You're you growing up and the things that you've gone through, but I wanna ask because this is. I mean, I can I can feel your strength in your voice uh, when you speak. How do you find strength each day? Uh, and if you also wanna tell us, you know, something like a big aha moment with writing your book.
1: Okay, so let's start. Uh, how when I wrote my book, mostly was for a therapy. I wanted to uh, just write stuff down that I never talked about. So everything in my book, they are stories that I have never shared with anyone. I never opened up. Uh, My life story, it was mostly about uh, writing stuff down just to get them out. So later on, I came to realize, I'm like, okay, maybe someone might want to read my life and maybe my story might help someone else. So I decided to publish the book, but I ha- I never planned it because I always thought like my story wasn't enough to help people, but I was wrong. So um, my book, it was mostly about, Get your, whatever is in your heart, get it out. If something will happen to you that's horrible, that's okay. Put it on a piece of paper. Write down because every time you write something down, you take a pencil and you write stuff, it will help you in certain ways because later on, you're going to go back and actually look the the stuff you wrote down, your uh, notebook, you're going to realize, oh, you know what? I don't want to live like that. It's like a business. If you want to start a business, you write your own business plan down. So, is it like, is the same as also writing your pain on a piece of paper? If you want to get better, you have to be like me. Put your life story on a piece of paper or whatever. Just look at it once a while. It will give you strength to actually uh, move forward. So my book is very powerful story. It's about my childhood. It's about how I was born in Bucharest and I moved to France and then I moved to Rwanda to be with my father. And I never thought that my book and my life will change lives today. And to me, it's not just a book. To me, it's just a story that empower people to accept the things that they went through. If, if, if you lost someone or you went through some trauma in your life, you have to learn how to to forgive people. My book talks about forgiveness. And my book talks about accept accepting your past. And also my book talks about how you can find the right after, you know, you know after the darkness. Um, it talks about how can you move forward with your life? You know, this book here, uh, The Dark Side of human Nature, it talks more about, okay, you know, here I am, I survived the genocide, now what? What do I do next? What I do with my story? And it talks more about how I vowed to myself that if I survive genocide, that I would be a better person and I would find a purpose in my life. And I did it. Everything I wanted, everything I prayed to God to help me with, like when I was hiding and I was scared, uh, it, you know, I it was prayed, like, if I survive this, I promise I'm going to do better. I'm going to be a very good person. And the reason I use that word is because growing up, My father used to tell me how worthless I used to be and how no good I was. I never got complimented in my life about anything. No one in my household ever told me that they loved me. And nobody ever told me that I was smart or I was going to do better in life. So everybody, I was, everyone is kind of to put this way, like a slave, I cleaned the, the house and the ate. And if the food was no food left, then I didn't have to, I didn't eat. It's not because my father was poor. It was because they just didn't care about me. I was barefooted. I didn't have shoes. I didn't have clothes. And I lived in this nice big neighborhood where everybody else had everything they needed. Um. So... You can make it. I don't care about... The past is called the past for a reason. You know, then Mm -hmm. also we have something is called a future. So if you take your past and sit down and think about the things you want to change in yourself, and one of them is going to be to find hope, is going to be to do better than anybody else that who abused you. You want actually to punish them by showing them how wonderful you are how better you are and how wrong they were against you because it's not always about complaining because i can sit anywhere and complain all day long you know and i came to realize that complaining actually pushes you backward complaining doesn't really build your life for a better future (laughs) you know so you have to actually find something bigger than yourself. One of them can be whatever you want to be. Go for it. I grew up in the poorest country in the world. I grew up abused, but I didn't give up my dreams. One of my biggest dreams was to help others. And guess what? This is what I'm doing today. Another dream I ever ha- had when I was a little kid, I always dreamed big. Even every time even I was abused or bathed or wrapped up in a closet, I always thought about the same thing. How do I am gonna do better? What I'm gonna do when I grow up. I never gave up my dreams because I was modested as a child. I never gave up my dream because uh, My family abused me and my father beat me every time he saw me. I never, even after a genocide, I couldn't walk. I had machete gash in my head. I had wounds all over me. I couldn't feel my legs. I survived a hundred days in a jungle by myself. And I have no idea how I made it. So we are in this beautiful country. We, you know, people have more opportunities. People have more chances to do better than I did as a child because I grew up in this poor country. So what's an excuse today? Why people sit there and complain all the time if they lived in this beautiful country? You know, America is the one of the greatest country in the world, you know? Dream big and chase your dream because, you know, you have a chance to do better than I did growing up. And you know what? I never stopped dreaming. I always dreamed and I dreamed big. And I chased my dream. So I have a very good life today. And during Rwandan genocide, a stranger helped me. A stranger told me how smart I was and how intelligent I was. Nobody in my household ever told me that. Nobody in my family ever empowered me to do better in life. So strangers can change your life like Mm -hmm. they did mine. So my biggest thing is acceptance. In Rwanda the Hutus they were shorter and the Tutsis were taller and sometimes the Hutus they were taller than Tutsis so the the <laughs> conflict between those two tribes it didn't really make any sense to me and to until this day I'm 41 years old I it still doesn't make any sense to me because you know how can you hurt your neighbor how can you here, entire neighborhood because someone is shorter than you. It's not even the color of your skin and you now we're talking about. We're talking about um, the height. You can't yeah. choose your height. I have friends who have two parents who' taller and uh, the kids are shorter. and if you know, how about we judge each other by our behaviors? Hmm. and that you know by you know we have to judge each other by how we act not by the color of our skins or how tall or short we are so my book mostly talks about is just to raise awareness about Rwanda about the bringing people together in certain ways Um, to promote love and promote being, living together in peace. That's
0: why I wrote my book. Wow. For the first time, I guess, in podcast land, I am actually short of words, I am just here listening to all the words of wisdom that you, uh, Mary Christine, has shared with us today. Anyone listening to this, there, I want you to take a pen and a paper out and begin to write the things that she spoke that spoke directly to you, whether you're going through a hard situation or a difficult time, or you've been abused or you just no one no one has ever told you you you're smart you're beautiful Uh, and and, or you know you're accepting who you are accepting to knowing dreaming big knowing that there there is hope for tomorrow um, no matter what you're going through today that you will make it you will survive you will triumph there's just so much Mary Christine um, packed on this podcast and I want you to take that to heart don't just look listen to this as just another podcast but take to heart the things that mary christina share with us today and if you're Feeling discouraged? Uh, I'm hoping that this has brought some light to you, and encouragement, and motivation for you to keep moving. You know, one day, one more day. Take, remember, just one more day. Dream big. Um, know that the the situation you are in is temporal. it Hard things happen, but life does get better, and, and that's yeah. what we have to hold on to. And the fact that she said we we are all heroes. I love when she said that. You can be a help to someone else. You don't have have to wait for someone to come and help you even though you're going through a hard time you can also get in the community get involved love somebody love your neighbor and do something for our community Mary um, Christina, as we wrap up today's podcast where can people find your book
1: you can find my book at hopeandtriumph.com or you can go on amazon Anywhere on Google, you can type in my name or my book, The Dark Side of Human Nature, so you you have many different choices. So I'm published on 50 different platforms um, on Google.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Maria Christine, for joining our podcast today. And you all go get her book. Uh, it's called The Dark Side of Human Nature, One Journey Through the Rwanda Massacres. Uh, you can find wherever you get your book. And we'll also add that to the podcast notes um, if you need more information on that. If you need it, Connect with Mary Christine, we'll be happy to connect you as well. You can find her on LinkedIn or any other uh, social media platform. Um, thank you again for listening to our podcast today. As you know, we're a nonprofit organization. If you're interested in being a volunteer, serving with us, or getting involved in any type of way, or supporting the work we do here through um, monetary donations or any other kind of in kind um, support, we would love that. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get connected with you you can send us an, an, an email at info at or you can head over to our website dreammentorship.org to get more information we look forward to connecting with you once again can you all get loud wherever you are for Mary Christine Williams she's been awesome she was a fantastic guest today and I'm so so happy that I got to hear her story and share with you all until next time bye-bye Thank you for listening and going on a captivating journey of inspiration with us. If you'd like to learn more about Dream Mentorship and become part of the Dream Mentorship family, follow us on Instagram at Dream Mentorship or visit our website, dreammentorship.org. Feel free to send us a message and tell us what you loved about this podcast and our wonderful guest. This episode was edited by me, Evelyn Calvo. No matter what your dream is, we can help you make it a reality. And the first step is learning from other women living their authentic dream. So come back next week for another episode.